Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A loving wife and mother of four disappears. She couldn't go a few hours without having her insulin. Until she resurfaces in the most gruesome way imaginable. Somebody help! It started right off as a whodunit. Devastation's not even a word that covers it. Is she the victim of a tainted love triangle? I can't say anything. It would devastate her mother. There were some things about him that I thought were questionable. You do what you have to do. Or is it a case of bad blood? Nothing's wrong with me, it's all you! I had a, a young mother dead in the swamp, and I didn't know why. The relentless, sweltering July heat can be a downright misery here in the Florida Gulf town of Newport Ritchie. The middle-class suburb sits just 30 miles northwest of Tampa, but it's surrounded by low-lying wetlands, a swampy morass overgrown by forests of vines and Spanish moss. You step in it and your foot goes down a foot. It's tangled with a lot of vines, a lot of snakes. Water moccasins love uh, the swamps here in Florida. Sure, certain critters can thrive in the muck and gloom, but for humans, it's no place to live. It's a place to die. Around 8 a.m. on a hot July Tuesday in 2005, Desiree Patton is already calling her best friend, Andrea White. The two are always talking on the phone, whether it's planning a carpool for their kids or gossiping over morning coffee. Every morning on the way to work, I call Andrea, say good morning, see how everything's going. But today, she didn't pick up the phone. And I thought that was odd. Come on, Andrea, pick up the phone. I continued to call her. Once, twice, three times. The fourth time I attempted to call her, the phone was disconnected. 
The day speeds by, and still Desiree can't reach Andrea on her cell phone. Finally, around 5 p.m., she decides to call Andrea's home line, and her husband, David, picks up. David, where is Andrea? David tells Desiree that Andrea stormed out of the house late the night before after one of their little misunderstandings. No picnic for me either. Then try doing everything else like I do, the kids, the laundry, the dishes, everything, and do a full-time job. To Desiree, it's a sad but familiar tale. When Andrea gets riled up at her husband, she's been known to just take off on him. Forget you, David! When Andrea got upset like we all do, she would step out of the house but she wouldn't take off for a long period of time. That's because no matter what troubles come her way, Andrea has always put her four young children first. She's never left them for very long. They mean the world to her, especially considering how close she was to never having kids. She had had three or four miscarriages and it broke her heart every time because all she ever really wanted was to have kids. But Andrea never gave up, and after years of trying, with a few different partners, her dreams of motherhood came true. Now the vivacious 33-year-old has a son and three daughters. The um, oldest child was a little boy, Shay. The other child uh, she had with a gentleman uh, that lived on the East Coast. And then she and David had the two smaller girls. Andrea was the type of mother that you would only hope you could be. She would do anything for her children, anything at all. How's the pictures coming? Really good. This is mine. Aw, I love that. <gasps> Beautiful. It was the most natural thing in the world for her to be a mommy. Hey, girls. How you doing? Her 37-year-old husband, David, is a handyman who used to work as a corrections officer. He's a solid guy who never blinked at raising Andrea's two older children as his own after the couple married six years ago. He was a good father. He would get part-time jobs, or, or for a while, he was Mr. Mom. He was a terribly good guy, thoughtful, nice, great guy. Of course, the two had their spats, as spouses do, but Andrea's never spent the entire night away from her family before. Andrea's disappearance doesn't sit well with Desiree. She hasn't heard from her best friend in over 36 hours, so she calls Andrea's mom, Janice, in Arkansas. I'm worried, this is not like her. I said, oh my God, oh my God. It was the worst shock in the world to me. So Janice and I decided that I was going to go over to Andrea's house. So I hopped in my van and I drove over there as fast as I could. David, where is she? I thought you'd know. What do you mean? Did she take her purse? I put it up here in the cabinet so the kids wouldn't get into it. I knew something was not right. I grabbed her purse and I started thumbing through it. Did you see this? I mean, her wallet's here. All her credit cards, her license. Her insulin kit is here, David. Desiree is a certified nursing assistant and immediately realizes that her friend could be in grave danger. If Andrea could not regulate her insulin, there are severe physical effects, including diabetic coma, 
she couldn't go a few hours without having her insulin because she would die. Well, that's why I thought she wouldn't be out that long. Everything is here except her cell phone. When Desiree keeps pushing, David comes clean. He says after they tucked in the girls, he and Andrea went to bed. Hours later, she woke up and then woke him up all frisky. But he was in no mood to mess around, and it led to an argument. Come on, would you just let me sleep? A bad one. You're always tired. Because I'm always working. Oh, and I do nothing. I just sit around all day. This time, David says Andrea got so mad that she stormed right off in nothing but her pajamas sometime around midnight, like a crazy person. Nothing's wrong with me. It's all you. I'm done. He had told me that she had slapped him across the face, that she had left with no shoes on, running outside, and he didn't know where she went. But David thinks Andrea knew exactly what she was doing, because just as she walked out, a blue car pulled up and she got in. What do you mean a blue car? Do you remember last week when I told you a strange car was hanging around? I think she might be seeing somebody else, maybe one of her exes. No, David. Andrea's my best friend. If she was seeing somebody, I would know. Could Andrea have kept a secret affair from her best friend? An affair with a man who drove a blue car? I even took the kids over to my mom's last night and I drove all around looking for her. I couldn't find her or the car anywhere. Andrea and I would talk continuously every day, three, four times a day. So I was a little alarmed. It hasn't even been 24 hours yet. Let's, let's not worry just yet. I don't know. Something just doesn't seem right. Back in Arkansas, Andrea's mom, Janice, is more than a little worried. I called the police and I turned Janice missing. Hello. Um. Yes, my name is Janice Friend. I need to report a missing person. Immediately packed and headed to Florida as quick as we could make the arrangements to find her. In response to Janice's report, police dispatch a deputy to the White's home for a welfare check to make sure everything's all right. The deputy looks the place over but sees nothing suspicious. David repeats what he told Desiree that after their doozy of a fight, Andrea left in a blue car. I think she might be having an affair. To the deputy, it sounds like a standard domestic but dispute. I don't expect she'll be gone long. Mothers of four children, you know, sometimes get a little overwhelmed. They get fed up and they say, oh yeah, well, you deal with this for a while, and they leave. So we can't always immediately think the worst. When Tuesday night turns into Wednesday, there's still no sign of Andrea. In the morning, Detective Lisa Shoneman takes on the case of the missing mom. As soon as I got this case assigned to me, I had a stack of messages. They were from Desiree, from her mom, her sister, all of them screaming, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, call me, call me, call me. Yet another day passes, and Andrea still hasn't checked in at her graphic design job. In a panic, her mother Janice and older sister Rhonda fly in from Arkansas to help track her down. Hi, um, we're looking for my daughter. Have you seen her? Sorry, ma'am, I haven't seen her. Well, well why, why don't you just keep the flyer and maybe that way if you do run across okay, her, you'll okay. recognize her. We posted them Thank around you. town, up and down the road, two, three streets over. We'd had Desiree contact any and all friends that she could think of. Nothing. 
There was no word. Volunteers swelled the ranks of the searchers, including Sister Rhonda, best friend Desiree, and co-workers like Jay Fisher. Soon, the entire town of Newport Ritchie is abuzz with worry over the missing mom. Then, just before the 72-hour mark, a giant clue surfaces. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. It's a steamy July Thursday in 2005, down in Newport Ritchie, Florida, just an hour before sunset. A woman pulls up to a friend's house in the Wintree subdivision. Suddenly, she notices something that looks like a mannequin through a tangle of vines in the swamp at the end of the cul-de-sac. Oh my God. Help! Somebody help! As night falls, Detective Lisa Shoneman and her team arrive at the grisly scene. What do we got? What female in her night clothes. Looks like we found our missing mother. 
Detectives won't know for sure until they check the victim's dental records, but the short blonde hair and pajamas are a dead giveaway. Two and a half days after she disappeared, it looks like Andrea White has shown herself. Her body was in about 12 inches of water in the swamp. The muckiness of the water tends to suck the body down at times, but there was enough water that she was able to be seen when she floated up. The sweltering July heat has done a number on the young woman's body. It's already bloated and badly decomposed. When you have that kind of heat combined with the water, it makes things go faster. Investigators have to work carefully as they haul the bug-infested body out of the algae and muck. There were cottonmouths, snakes in the area, and it was very, very tough to try to actually remove the body from the swamp because of the terrain was very slippery. They do their best to search the area for any clues as to what happened, but it's a tough slog through the muck. If there was any evidence, it's been swallowed up by the swamp. Uh, no sign of blunt force trauma either. What about sexual assault? Uh, I can't really tell. We're gonna have to wait and see what comes back from the autopsy, huh? Uh, sure. Huh. Hey, don't forget to order that tox screen either. They've been taking a few months to get back. There was no gunshots. There was uh, no proverbial knife or hatchet laying nearby to tell me, hey, this is what happened to me. I had a, a young mother in advanced decay, dead, in the swamp, and I didn't know why. With no clear signs of foul play, is it possible that Andrea went into diabetic shock and wandered into the swamp by accident? Still, there's a nagging disconnect. She's five miles from her home, barefoot, and in her pajamas. Why would she come here? I had no doubt in my mind. I mean, she did not end up there for any other reasons than she'd been murdered. And somebody dumped her body in that swamp like a piece of trash. It started right off as a whodunit. And we didn't have any clear-cut reason to know who did this. And that's when you start going backwards with who her friends are, who her family are, and who would want to do harm to Andrea White. As the body is moved to the coroner's office, Detective Shoneman steals herself to deliver the awful news to Andrea White's mother and sister. We found a body, and I'm pretty sure it's her. But we're going to need some sort of confirmation. Oh, God, I can't. I can't. I need to warn you. We found her in a swamp, so she doesn't look so good. I, I need to see. I want to know. Is this Andrea? Yes. That's my little sister. I'm so sorry. There's no easy way to tell you this. All I had to see was her eyebrows. And I knew that was my sister. Devastation's not even a word that covers it enough. Because you still have a little bit of hope. I was torn in two. Truly torn in two. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe it. My baby girl in a swamp. Oh God. Do you have any idea where David might be? I still need to break the news to him. No, we haven't seen him or the kids since we got back in town this morning. He's not answering his cell phone. 
At this point in time, we didn't know where he went or why he went. Where would David go with his wife still missing? And why take the kids? So we decided to put out an Amber Alert on to side on the uh, side of caution for the children because we had no idea if whoever this person was in a blue car came back and did something. With no leads to go on other than David's vague description of a blue car that Andrea drove off in, investigators begin gathering background from Andrea's mother and sister, learning all they can about Andrea and David White. Everybody always said she was a wonderful mom. Everyone called her the camera mom because she was always taking pictures of the kids. Oh, wait, 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 picture, 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 picture. Ready? Yeah, those children were everything to her. My sister had a plaque in her kitchen that read, Martha Stewart does not live here. And she would rather play with her children after she had gotten home from school or work than worrying about getting the dishes in the dishwater. She had a very bright internal soul. She was incredibly inspirational, a very giving person, a very honest, loving. She absolutely loved her children. So how did Andrea meet David? Well, eight years ago, after two kids and two failed marriages, she wanted a fresh start. She did not want to be a welfare mother, depending on the system, because she didn't think that would be a good example for her children. Then, just 25 years old, Andrea decided to pursue an associate degree in marketing at Florida Metropolitan University. She was the class clown. She brought humor to the room, which we all appreciated. It was there that she met David White. Yay for class. <laughs> Anybody sitting here? Nope. Cool. I can't believe I get to sit next to the prettiest girl in class. I can't believe you just used that line on me. Is it working? David was the perfect guy. He was working, he had a good job, he was furthering his education, he was a great guy. She had told me before I met him that you're gonna just love him, he is so good looking, but I, I didn't find him that attractive. <laughs> but I guess love is blind, right? If you're lucky, I'll tutor you, but you have to pay a lot. If I'm lucky? Yes. David was four years older than Andrea. I don't he had never been married and had no kids of his own. Though currently working as a handyman, he was studying criminal justice. David wanted to be a law enforcement officer. He was from upstate New York, and he had worked for a while as a juvenile justice detention officer. The couple's romance blossomed, and David soon got attached to Andrea's two kids. Once they found out they were pregnant, they got married. And before long, they had two beautiful daughters together, Sarah and Sadie. Once they got married, we all pretty much hung out all the time together. She called him my stephusband because he would come and help around my house. He treated her really good. He'd take her out to dinner, open doors for her. Yeah? Yes, I'm worth it. Oh, I think you're more than worth it. <laughs> <laughs> You're my big teddy bear. She was crazy about him, and he was crazy about her also. 
Andrea pulled triple duty balancing work, motherhood, and school, all while managing her diabetes. Still, she graduated with a 3.8 GPA and soon found a job as a junior graphic designer at a local firm. I admired my baby sister, Andrea, more than I did anybody in the world because she made anything look possible. How she did it, I don't know. I was so proud of her. But according to friends, in recent months, the overachieving Andrea was becoming increasingly unhappy with her marriage. After a while, she became frustrated because she was working so hard and taking care of the kids so hard, and he wasn't keeping up. She would take off, sometimes for hours at a time, until she could pull herself together. Desiree, I can't do it anymore. I can't. I've tried. I, I do all I can. I do everything. To Detective Shoneman, Andrea's family is describing a fairly typical marital struggle, nothing that suggests David did anything to his wife. He was well-liked in the community. There was no criminal record. There was nothing there that led me to believe that he would have harmed anyone. But the fact remains that David and the children have mysteriously disappeared at the same time Andrea is found floating in the swamp. In these circumstances, what reason could David possibly have for leaving town? Unless he's hiding something. We knew he had family in New York. So we were hoping he was heading that way. The local uh, police department goes out there. They see the van. David walks out, and, and the chief goes, we're doing a welfare check. What's up? I'd ask you a few routine questions, if that's OK with you. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, you left Florida with the kids, and you knew your wife was missing. Why is that? Oh, I think you have the wrong idea. We had this trip planned months ago. Um, Andrea and I had a fight. She ran off. I figured she'd meet us up here when she cooled off. I mean, the kids really wanted to go, and I didn't want to deprive them of that. David goes on to say that on Wednesday, Andrea's ex, Angelo Rossi, picked up his daughter Charlotte from daycare. Then David packed up the car with the two youngest daughters and hit the road for New York a little earlier than planned. He decided that it would be best for them to take this vacation and get the girls away from it. Thank God they were okay. I was so, so relieved. I love my children and grandchildren. It's all my heart. After canceling the Amber Alert for David and Andrea's two kids, Detective Shoneman hops a plane to New York to give David the terrible news about Andrea in person. David White, I'm Detective Lisa Shoneman. I found over the years the best way to do that is just pull the Band-Aid off. You know, they know something's wrong. Nobody flies, you know, to New York on a dime because everything's okay. We found Andrea. And I'm sorry to tell you this, but she's dead. No, there must be a mistake. Are you sure? Her sister Rhonda identified the body earlier last night. And we just got confirmation on her dental records. I'm so sorry. What happened? We think she was murdered. <laughs> he was uh, emotionally shaking and crying and sobbing. He was uh, very upset. I'm going to find out who did this. But I'll need your help, David. Of course, whatever I can do to help catch this guy. I'm so sorry. 
Rest easy, okay? David gives detectives permission to search their home and vehicles and catches the next flight back to Florida. When we made entry into the house to see if anything would give us any indication of foul play, such as a uh, turned over coffee table, uh, uh, a broken mirror, uh, or blood anywhere, and nothing was found. David gets back to Newport Ritchie late Saturday night and heads straight to the station. Things are stopping by tonight. He seemed very calm. He was tired, he said, but he says, no, I'm more than happy to help out. Once again, David is asked to go over what happened five days ago on that Monday night when Andrea disappeared. We, uh, we had an argument. Um, she got mad, she left, and, and she went out and got a blue car. You, you gotta find that blue car. Uh, first of all, do you know anybody who'd want to kill Andrea? <sighs> I, I, I can't say anything. It, 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 it would devastate her mother. What are you talking about? David begins to reveal more details about that fateful night and the real reason why he and Andrea had fought. He says that recently, Andrea had been struggling with drugs and alcohol. She was high and, and, and she wanted to have sex and I didn't want to, I just, I didn't want it. Come on, I'm tired. Come on, I just wanna get some sleep, all right? Come on. Oh, I'm sorry, you're tired. Always. What? What's wrong with you? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with you? It's always the same thing, always. I'm tired. You're not even acting like yourself. Are you on something? Do I have to be on something to want something from you? Is that a problem? No. Do you have someone else? Is that the problem? Oh, that's the- That's crazy. That's exactly what it that's is. Crazy. And then David says he watched Andrea storm out of the house and meet up with a blue car just minutes later. So she was in her night clothes and she just wandered off without her wallet or her insulin and got into this blue car. She had her cell phone with her. I mean, she must have called somebody to pick her up. You know, that's what I think happened anyway. Yes, yes. Detectives intensify the search for the blue vehicle that may have been involved in Andrea's disappearance. Oh. We uh, did the normal routine of checking with the motor vehicle department. We checked with the neighbors. We checked with her known associates, people at work. And we literally started building up quite a list of people who drive blue cars. Hi. I just have a couple of follow-up questions for you about Andrea White. Sure. Did you notice any suspicious activity that evening or any strange cars or vehicles? Yeah, I saw a car here the other night. It was parked over there in their driveway. Right over there? Mm-hmm. She has a couple good friends. Do you know who they might be or whose car that might be? No, but I know it was blue. It was definitely a blue mm -hmm. car. We okay. looked for everything, both two and four door. We had several leads that we had to follow up on from that. But nobody seemed to know who that blue car belonged to. I'm Sergeant Sessa with the Pasco County Sheriff's Office. Hi, Sergeant. What's going We're on? investigating the murder of Andrea White, and we believe a blue vehicle might be involved. Have you seen any vehicle that... As investigators hear more from witnesses who recall seeing a blue car on their street, the sighting suddenly takes on more weight. 
Is it possible Andrea was having an affair that no one knew about? David had indicated that Andrea had been taking money out of the accounts and stowing it away. So he felt that she may have been having an affair with a co-worker, Jay Fisher. Detective Shoneman immediately recognizes the name. Jay Fisher worked with Andrea at the graphic design firm, and he'd helped in the search when she went missing last week. She decides to pay him a visit. Mr. Fisher? Yes. Hi, I'm Detective Lisa Shoneman from the Pasco County Sheriff's Office. Can I have a moment of your time? Sure, but whatever I can do to help. What was your relationship with Andrea? Uh, we were work colleagues and friends. Were you in a romantic relationship? Were you having an affair with Andrea? <laughs> no. Like I said, we were, we were just friends, and I got worried when she didn't come into work. Okay. Well, just tell me this. Where were you Monday night? As it happens, Jay is able to produce a solid alibi for the night Andrea went missing. And there's another detail that doesn't point to Jay. What's I making? What's the color of your car? Uh, it's black. Okay, that's all I need for now. Thank you very much. Thank you. We had talked to co-workers. There was nothing. Andrea's life pretty much revolved around her work, her home life, and her children. Okay. Detectives also look closely at Andrea's former flames. Let's talk about the exes. And both of them are out of state. Wait. Charlotte's father. Angela. Andrea's two ex-husbands are cleared pretty quickly, but that, that still leaves the father of her second child, Charlotte, Angelo Rossi. Angelo, being Andrea's ex, wanted his daughter uh, full-time, and he had had supervised visitation only prior to this. And he had a lot of money to toss around to try to get his way. There were some things about him that I thought were questionable. Detective Shoneman remembers that Angelo picked up Charlotte at daycare while Andrea was still missing. So when was the last time Angelo saw his ex? Hey, Sarge, what are your thoughts about the ex-boyfriend, Angelo? They see each other all the time because of their daughter Charlotte anyway, right? From what I understand, he was pretty bitter about their breakup. Angelo lived on the east coast of Florida, and Andrea lived on the west coast. So Angelo would have to travel like three hours to come see her, and he'd, he'd spend the weekend. They didn't have the greatest relationship. I mean, there was child support involved, and in their case, there had been some custody issues. Angelo didn't want to deal with Andrea anymore, and the fact that Andrea wanted supervised visitation and he denied seeing her the night that she disappeared. Huh. I, I was working on Monday night in Palm Bay. Okay, well, I'll have to contact your boss to verify that. No problem, you do what you have to do. He had an alibi, he was on the other coast. There's no way he could have um, been responsible. Did Andrea ever drink too much or do any drugs? No, nothing like that. Well, do you have any idea where she may have gone? No, but I know she would never have left her kids behind. But she did have a habit of leaving one man for another. I can vouch for that from experience. Tell me this. Uh, do you know if Even if that was one of Andrea's lovers driving the suspicious blue car, investigators are no closer to finding him. People were telling us, yes, they have seen a blue car. They don't know who owned it. They don't know who was in it. We tried to check if anybody that she was associated with, uh, co-workers, um, friends, had a blue car. We found none. I've checked car washes, nearby security cameras, DMV records, everything. <laughs> Got any good ideas? You know, let's do this. Let, let's start at the beginning, give a fresh look at it. Sounds good. Give the details, all right. All right. 
In late September, more than two months after Andrea's body was found, the results of her toxicology report come back. In every suspicious death or homicide, we do do a toxicology, and our standard turnaround time is a couple of months. Unfortunately, they weren't able to find anything conclusive. The coroner still can't say for sure how she died, but he rules out drowning and diabetic shock, or the possibility that she overdosed on drugs. Toxicology did not show anything that would indicate that it caused her death. Medical examiner determined that she had been killed by homicidal violence, but by an unknown ideology. We knew she'd been murdered. He just couldn't tell you exactly how she'd been murdered. There are a lot of theories, but no hard evidence, and the case starts to grow cold. Three more months pass, and then suddenly, a new break. Check this out. What's up? I just got a bizarre email from David White's old boss. Says that they found the cause of my wife's death to be caused by the medication that she was taking, and they wasted all the time trying to focus on me. And they let her mother and friend get away. Janison does her right. He accused mom of sending Andrea prescription medicine, and that's how Andrea died. He was trying to say that Desiree had something to do with Andrea's death because Desiree wanted Andrea's life. And that was just ludicrous. I had to look into the possibility that Desiree picked her up. You know, they were partying, something happened. She was now trying to cover it up. It just so happens that Desiree is a certified nursing assistant. If Andrea had accidentally overdosed. What are the pills? Andrea, Andrea, honey, look at me. Desiree could have feared losing her license and her job, which would give her a motive for hiding Andrea's body Andrea, in the swamp. Wake up. That was far-fetched. There is absolutely no truth to that. David is pointing fingers at whoever he could point them at just to get the heat off of him. Detectives agree with Desiree. The toxicology report would have shown an overdose. David's claim just doesn't add up. Instead, the curious email makes them look a little harder at David himself. Why would he make up that story? What's he trying to hide? I don't know, but let's bring him in. Detective Shoneman goes back over Desiree and David's initial statements to police the day Andrea went missing, line by line, and she notices something, something not right. David doesn't know when to shut up, and he talked a lot. Each time he talked, he gave a different variation of the story. Let's just try this again. Okay. In Desiree's statement, she said that David told her that he and Andrea went to sleep before their fight. Right. In a later interview, David said that he and Andrea were up all night fighting. Okay, now that's good, but what else you got? That, that's not gonna be enough, though. Well, how about the fact that he told one officer that Andrea just took off walking, but didn't mention anything about any blue car? That's odd, because he was pretty sure about that car. It just doesn't add up. He gave lots of stories about what happened, that she took off walking, that she took off in a blue car. He could never decide which one would best suit him. 
David White was our best witness, whether he knew it or not. I was in and out of that place, and it was pretty disheveled. But the discrepancies in David's stories aren't the only thing bothering Shoneman. There's a critical detail from the official police search of the White's house. The house was in total disarray, with the exception of the bedroom. The bed was neatly coiffed, it was clean, and it was straightened out. Compared to the rest of the house, this, this looked not right. The officer noted seeing piles of dirty laundry throughout the house and in the kids' bedrooms. Clearly, in the days following Andrea's disappearance, David didn't bother much with the laundry. Take a look at that one. Right. See that pile? Right there next to the washing machine? Right, it looks like bed sheets to me. Exactly. In a follow-up report, it said that they were damp. Right. Now, why would he clean his sheets and nothing else? If we had found dirty pillows on the bed, even if there had been blood on the bed, it wouldn't have meant anything. She slept in that bed every single day. But freshly washed linen in a filthy house, that means something. Perhaps those clean sheets were hiding a dirty secret. But if Andrea was murdered inside that bedroom, there's really only one way it could have happened without leaving any marks on her body. Generally, if a pillow's put over someone's face, and that's how they're killed. There's nothing that's going to show. The mounting evidence has reached a tipping point. Up in New York on June 1st, 2006, 11 months after Andrea's death, David White is charged with the murder of his wife. David White, you're under arrest for the murder of your wife, Andrea I, White. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. You have a right to an attorney. You have to look for the blue car. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed to you. It's not me, I didn't do it. When the case goes to trial nearly two years later, the evidence is compelling, but still mostly circumstantial. The prosecution paints a grisly picture of what they believe happened that fateful night. Andrew, he was planning on telling him that she was leaving him that night. You know what? I don't need you anymore. Actually, I took your name off the lease. And she told him she was gonna take the girls, which he was very, very attached to his daughters. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, yes, you are. And you know what? I'm sick of arguing about it. This conversation's over. Prosecutors believe that David felt trapped, painted into a corner. And based on the lack of defensive wounds on her arms or legs, it's likely he simply smothered her with a pillow while she slept, leaving no trace. He loved those girls more than anything. After he lost his temper, he suffocated her. Once he realized what he had done, he had to cover up his tracks and began coming up with uh, an alibi for the murder. That's when he panicked, got her body, and took it to an area where he knew was a swamp. At the trial, David denies everything as he takes the stand in his own defense. He testified and he never admitted killing her. I don't know if he'll ever admit it out loud, but the noose was already around his neck. There is no such thing as a sure thing no matter how much evidence you have. It takes the jury just a little more than two hours to come back with a verdict. David White is found guilty of second-degree murder and is sentenced to 36 years. The day that the jury came back with a 
guilty verdict would have been my sister's 36th birthday. And they were walking David out of the courtroom, and I stood up and started singing happy birthday. That made me feel good that I was able to do that, and he heard me. I was so, so relieved that justice was being done. And at the same time, I felt sorry for the grandchildren. As for his daughters, Sarah and Sadie, David's sister in New York is awarded custody. He's torn that family apart. I don't think he realizes the magnitude of damage that he's done. To this day, David continues to proclaim his innocence to anyone who will listen. But Andrea's family hopes he serves out his full sentence and stays in prison till he's 70. I can't even imagine what it would feel like knowing he was out walking the streets right now. Detective Lisa Shoneman is my family's guardian angel. It took a long time. It was almost two years, but I just stuck with it. It's hard to do sometimes because we, we get new cases in every day. So the biggest thing was just I didn't give up. I did everything that I had to do to be able to bring David to justice for what he had done. I've seen on television different stories and things where a mother, father lost a child, and I often wondered, how did they go on living? But you do, but you're never the same. And I'm grateful that we had 33 years of wonderful memories together, but it shouldn't have ended that shortly. 